This is Kate Swoboda, creator of YourCourageousLife.com, director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at TeamCLCC.com, and author of the book, The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers and at Amazon. The Your Courageous Life podcast is all about going after what you want and creating and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. Might drop a couple of F-bombs, so maybe don't listen with your kids in the backseat of the car. And here we go with today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode. Today I'm going to be focusing on what I think of as courageous wellness. And that might seem like an odd way to look at wellness, but I see there an opportunity to rethink how all of us think about wellness because there's a very necessary critique that's happening of wellness as being solely associated with the diet industry or solely being associated with really versions of ableism, what you're able to do, how fast you are, how much you can lift. And those definitions of wellness certainly, or those, I guess, suppose those aren't definitions of wellness, but those perspectives on what wellness means, those associations that we make with what wellness means really leave out a lot of people. And of course, they can be harmful because diet culture has affected certainly every woman I know, and I think probably everyone on the planet at this point. It's more pervasive to be affected by diet culture if you are a woman or if you identify as a woman, but I would absolutely say that diet culture is impacting all of us in some way, at least vicariously. So if you are... um, a dude listening to this and you're like, I'm not affected by diet culture. Well, if you love and care about any of the women in your life, they've been affected by diet culture and thus you are being affected by diet culture. So let's get into this idea of courageous wellness. When I think of wellness, I think of it from a biopsychosocial model. So we usually are taught or the dominant perspective in our society that we're conditioned into is that wellness is about how you physically look or what you can physically do. But a biopsychosocial model of wellness is what I'm encouraging all of us to start to embrace because bio is biology, and that's one facet of wellness. Psycho is psychology. That's your inner landscape, your emotions. Social is the environment that you're in. And when it comes to thinking about A person's overall wellness, the environment that they're in is everything from what they choose to surround themselves with in terms of what they have in their home, for instance. So if you choose to surround yourself with a lot of clutter, then that can impact your wellness, depending on who you are. Some people are not bothered by clutter, obviously. And then, of course, the environment is also the people that you are around, the people you're associating with. For everything that I'm going to say in this episode Of course, privilege plays a role. Of course, privilege plays a role in everything. There is always someone somewhere, when anyone speaks on any topic, who is going to, unfortunately, not have the resources, not have the access to be able to make certain changes, to be able to enact the things that that person is talking about. So in any suggestions that I give during this podcast episode, certainly I would say this is true for any podcast episode I ever record, but I particularly want to say it here. I'd like to make sure that I speak to privilege and that I say, I understand that 
there will be some things I might talk about that are not accessible for absolutely everybody on the planet. And to me, one of the things that we can do to create more courageous wellness in our entire world is to really ask ourselves if wellness is based on the bio, psycho, and social, what might we need to improve socially in our society? I'm talking about on a systemic level, what might we need to change? Because that's going to mean that all of us can step into better wellness. How healthy can we really be when our rivers are being polluted? How healthy can we all really be knowing that people of color constantly face systemic racism? How healthy can we all be understanding that sexism is a thing? I would argue that we become healthier the more we attend to not just the biology of our individual selves and not just the psychology of our individual selves, but when we also attend to the social aspect of our overall wellness. Okay, so that having been said, back to this term that I use, courageous wellness, why add the word courageous to it? Is that just because I'm Kate and courage is my thing and I talk about courage? No, it's not. It's because I think at the heart of whatever wellness choices you make for your own biopsychosocial world, those choices are rooted in love for yourself. On a fundamental level, the choices that we make about how much movement we get into our lives, about the kind of food we take in, about the kind of environments that we are in. I want us making those choices from a place of love. I think those choices are connected to how aware we are of consciously choosing things that put or align with more love in our lives. I see the choices that we make around our wellness and of course, this is always when we have the choice. I've already spoken to privilege. I get it. Some, some people do not have as many choices. I'm speaking always to when we do have the choice, how can those choices be a reflection of loving ourselves? The more we love ourselves, I think the more we make choices that are aligned with love. This does not mean that you do not have a capacity to love yourself at all, I'm not saying that if somebody makes a health choice that is not aligned with their best interests, like if somebody just completely binges on sugar, I'm not saying, oh, there it is. You don't love yourself. Of course not. I hope it's an of course not. I hope anybody who's been listening for a while knows that it's not an an of course not. But I do believe that when we are really consciously aligned with love, we are going to say, hold on a second. How am I going to feel after that sugar binge? Hold on a moment. Let me get a little more conscious and just slow down and have a pause around this choice that I'm making. And of course, that very example is contextual because sugar is not inherently bad. I have sugar. I'm sure you do too. I'm not trying to demonize sugar here, okay? I'm sipping a cup of coffee right now while I record this. There is sugar in the coffee. (laughs) What I'm saying is that it's contextual. So yes, absolutely, a sugar binge might happen when you are, for instance, celebrating. When you're getting married, have a gazillion slices of cake, okay? It's a high vibe kind of thing. The sugar is fun. The sugar is good. 
It's contextual. And I'm taking so much time to set up what I'm trying to talk about with Courageous Wellness today with, hey, here's where this lands on privilege. Hey, I'm not talking about diet diets or calorie counting today. Hey, everything is contextual because I really feel for the fact that we are bombarded with so many messages, rules, so much dogma, so so many things that are trying to tell us how we are supposed to treat our bodies. And my invitation here is to start moving in the direction of saying to yourself, how would I treat my body if every single decision I made was an expression of love? How would I treat my body, my wellness, my biopsychosocial self, if every choice I was making was an expression of love? That puts you in the driver's seat of what you want your wellness to look like. Everybody else on the planet might be planning to run a marathon and define that as wellness. And you might say to yourself, no, what I like to do is go on a hike. Everybody else on the planet might be going paleo or going vegan, plant-based, whatever it is. You might look at your situation and say, here's what I notice for myself helps me to feel best. This, these are the food choices I want to make. Everybody else in your social circle might think that um, Sally Sue friend is just the bee's knees and you might notice that when you're around her, you feel like you can't be yourself. And so you might make a different choice around how much contact you have with her. So this is all about you being in the driver's seat of your own life when it comes to your wellness. That's why I'm calling it courageous wellness, because it's rooted in deciding I will act from a place of love, even when there are options around me that in the short term might seem like a good idea, but they actually aren't a full expression of love for myself, for my wellness. And it's defining it for yourself, even if there are other trends out there, things other people are doing, you actually getting into your body and saying, what does my body crave? So the first piece of courageous wellness is defining it for yourself. Here's the second thing that I think about when it comes to courageous wellness, really getting consistent. Whatever it is that you've decided you're going to fuel your body with, Use for movement so that, and and you know, of course, that you need movement. You need movement because it's good for your joints. It's good for your bones. It's good for your immune system. It's good for how you sleep. It's good for your hormones. It's good for so many things. So you know you need movement. And you know that you need some level of social contact. So what are the choices that you need to make around those three areas that you will get consistent about? Let's start with eating, okay? What is it instead, and I, I think that this is like a life-changing way to look at eating. Rather than thinking about things as good or bad that you might eat, rather than thinking about taking things out, think about putting nutrition in. So how can you get consistent with putting nutrition in? You can be on any eating style that you prefer. You can be doing like autoimmune protocols. You can be doing paleo. You can be doing vegan, whatever. But 
every doctor you talk to is going to say, eat more vegetables. So that's what I mean by getting nutrition in. How can you be consistent about getting the nutrition in? Or maybe you're like, I'm not eating more vegetables, not doing it. Can you take a vitamin supplement once a day? How can you get more of that nutrition in? Next thing about getting consistent, movement, exercise. You know that you need to do it, so how can you be consistent about doing it? What is the form of exercise that is going to be most inspiring to you, most motivating to you? It is different for everyone. There are some people, and really think about what it is you crave You know, it's like, do you crave like a really good deep stretch? I'm stretching as I'm I'm stretching as I'm talking about stretching as you might have been able to imagine. It's like, oh yeah, it feels good. Do a little stretch. Are you craving a stretch? Are you craving intensity? You know, does the idea of like just beating the crap out of something like boxing, you know, does that appeal to you? You might be somebody who really does well with something like CrossFit. Does the idea of just being able to settle into a rhythm with something and just go for a certain amount of time at a steady pace appeal to you? That might mean, hey, it's time to swim some laps, time to get onto a bike, time to go for a run. Does being outdoors appeal to you more or do you prefer to just be indoors? I mean, what is it that you're going to need to do though? This is the question I'm I'm coming back to, to really get consistent with movement of some kind, because it actually doesn't so much matter what kind of movement you're doing. What matters is the consistency. Again, this is speaking to a shift in how you view wellness, because there are a gazillion articles that are out there that are going to tell you this type of exercise is better than that type of exercise. Oh, wait, this type of exercise could be good for you, but it weakens your joints in this other area. I mean, it's like there's all kinds of different things that you'll find out there. Personally, I love CrossFit. Love it. Like, love it. Very excited about CrossFit. I have seen articles that are all about how CrossFit is so dangerous and so awful for people. And then I've heard firsthand stories. I actually just saw one recently about a CrossFit athlete who was hit by a car while she was driving and she was in her car. She wasn't a pedestrian and they didn't take x-rays at the emergency room. And it turned out that she had fractured a bone in her neck and she didn't know this for two weeks after this car accident that she was walking around with a fracture in her neck. Her doctor finally had ordered um, an MRI and just to be on the safe side. And he calls her and he's desperately trying to get a hold of her because apparently the location of the fracture was such that if she sneezed in the wrong way, if she tripped, she could be paralyzed. So he's frantically trying to call her. And it turns out, you know why she, she was walking around for two weeks with a fracture in her neck and was basically okay because she did CrossFit and she had a bunch of muscles in her neck from lifting. Is that the most banana story ever? So you're going to hear stories from people, my point being, that you're going to hear stories from people about why this or that exercise is awful and is going to ruin your joints or is going to hurt your back or is going to, you know, people say this about running. People say this about, people say this about yoga. People say this about everything. People have opinions. So it's less about what their opinions are. It's more about What are you craving for your own wellness? How can you make the movement that you do 
an expression of love for yourself because that is courageous. And how can you make it consistent? And then when we think about who you are socially or what's in your environment, what are the courageous choices that you can make to really get consistent there? How many of us are constantly putting off our friends and saying, I'll get back to you later. We'll have dinner later. I got to work. And there are seasons in our lives where we got to work more. I get that. What I'm saying is, what are those relationships in your life that are really important to you that you can be more consistent about? What are those relationships in your life that don't feel like the fullest expression of love for you to make time for? And how can you dial back making time for those relationships so that you can actually move into more time, more contact time with the relationships that really fill your cup? So again, second part of courageous wellness, first part, defining it for yourself. Second part, really getting consistent. What can you do to really get consistent? Here's the third part of courageous wellness. If you were listening to any of this, especially me talking about it getting consistent and you thought to yourself, I want to be consistent, but how I don't have the motivation. I need to be inspired. I don't have the time. Third part of courageous wellness, confront the lies. What are the lies you tell yourself to make it okay that you aren't being consistent that you aren't defining courageous wellness for yourself? What are the lies that you tell yourself to make it okay to starve yourself to be a certain size? What are the lies you tell yourself to make it okay to push yourself like crazy doing exercise that you don't really want to do that doesn't make you feel good? I push myself like crazy at CrossFit, but I feel really good doing that. I love that. I know 10 people who are like, CrossFit's crazy. I would never want to do that kind of intensity. So what are the lies you tell yourself to make it okay for yourself, to make it easier for yourself to not be consistent? In essence, to really cop out on fully being aligned in terms of your wellness What are the lies you tell yourself to make it okay to not follow up with the people that you love, to put them last on your plate? What are the lies you tell yourself to make it okay that maybe your environment is really chaotic and cluttered? Now, quick, another quick disclaimer, I don't have a perfect life. I have friends that I have caught myself saying, okay, we'll get that call on the books and then A week later, I realize I haven't gotten the call on the books. Right now, I got a pile of laundry on my bedroom floor that needs to be folded, and it's been sitting there for five days. And I legit had some (laughs) peppermint chocolate after dinner last night. So I am not saying that I, Kate, am always somehow 100% perfect at all things when it comes to wellness in my life. The practice, though, that I engage with is coming back to this question or this perspective of how to see the choices I make in the name of my own personal wellness as expressions of love, how to see that when I make the choice to put off getting together with the friend, I'm actually not aligned 
with the highest possible expression of love and courage in my life. Doesn't mean I'm bad. Doesn't mean I'm a fuck up. So if you are noticing, oh, there are all these places where I'm out of alignment, doesn't mean you're bad. Doesn't mean you suck. It just means you're out of alignment. That's it. And you are the one who's in charge of the story you tell about who you are because you're out of alignment. If you want to tell a story that you're an awful person because you're out of alignment, that is your choice. I would invite you to tell a different story about when you're out of alignment. You could tell a story about when you're out of alignment like, okay, that's a place where I'm still learning. Okay, that's a place where I still have habits that are not as conscious, that are not as solid, that are not putting me in the direction of what I ultimately want for my life. That's it. So this is not about perfectionism. This is not about living up to some ideal. Again, that is what the diet industry, the, the diet culture paradigm, that is what so many of these articles that come out that say, eat this, not that, you should have this, you shouldn't have that. This is what it means to be healthy. Anybody who doesn't fit into that, what's your excuse? You know, all of those things that float around in our society. This is not that. I'm not talking about that. Courageous wellness, you're defining it for yourself. You're really getting consistent. And when you are not consistent, meaning you are not aligned with the most courageous, loving habits, patterns, behaviors, etc., for your most optimal wellness, really being willing to confront the lies that you tell yourself that make it easier for you to pretend or to not notice that you are not in alignment. I want you to notice that you are in alignment and that is also where courage comes in. It takes courage to be willing to say, I'm not going to stick my head in the sand. I'm going to notice where I'm not in alignment. I'm going to notice where if there's an area of my biopsychosocial wellness that is out of alignment, that is not optimal, or where I feel downright unhealthy, I will examine that. I will look at that. I will be real with myself about the places where I am making choices that are contrary to what I ultimately want for my life. And I hope that as you are doing that kind of an inquiry, you will also be willing to look at yourself and say, hold on a minute. I'm not a bad person because I've been out of alignment. I'm a person who's learning. I'm a person who's imperfect. I'm a person who's willing to look at this and try again. And if those are some of the things you'll integrate into your biopsychosocial life, those attitudes of I'm not bad but I'm trying, that might be one of the most courageous things that you could do for your overall wellness, certainly for your psychological health. All right, I've covered a lot today, but the big takeaway, because you know I'm a coach, (laughs) guilty as charged here, the big takeaway that I would like to invite you into some action around is to really sit down, maybe grab a piece of paper, And actually put on that piece of paper, bio, psycho, and social. Maybe make three columns. And under the bio column, that's your physical health. Is there some place where you want to be stronger or more flexible, where you notice that you 
overconsume caffeine, maybe you have a little too much wine every night, maybe it's a lot of sugar, or that you underconsume a particular nutrient, or that you need to get more movement into your life. What are those things? Put those under the bio column. Psycho, that's your psychological wellness. Where are the places where you're down on yourself, where you call yourself names? What is some inner critic work that you can do? You can check out the Your Courageous Life library. I've got resources, a fear patterns workbook, a shift plan workbook, all kinds of stuff where you can really look at where am I not talking to myself in ways that are kind. And then social, your physical environment, like your home, how you want to live in your home, your social environment, like the relationships that you have, the people you allow into your life that you spend time with. What are the changes you want to make there? How can you define it for yourself? How can you really get consistent? And in any place where you aren't consistent, what are the lies you tell yourself to allow yourself to not be consistent? How can you confront those and shift those in a more positive and courageous direction? All right, that's today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You know you can continue the work and the fun if you want to. Head on over to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin and become a Your Courageous Life subscriber because as soon as you sign up, you get access to an entire library of worksheets and audios and other bonuses. And of course, you'll be receiving more courage in your inbox and who wouldn't love that? You can learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification at teamclcc.com. You can get The Courage Habit at your local bookseller, on Amazon, wherever you like. We can even connect on social media. I'm on Facebook at Your Courageous Life. So look for facebook.com forward slash Your Courageous Life. And I'm on Instagram as Kate Courageous. And I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. So here's to you using these courageous tools in your life and creating a real ripple effect of good. And again, thanks so much for listening. I love it that you're here.